Hey everyone, welcome to episode 18 of Four Goats in a Mic podcast. Today we have Asia. Her Twitter handle is PrincessXAP. Asia, do you want to say hey? Tell us about yourself, your stuff. Shout out, well, not shout out, I don't know. <laughs> Just introduce yourself. <laughs> um, so, as I mentioned, my name is Asia and on Twitter, PrincessXAP. Um, I am the creator of InTechSheTrust.com and I am. I guess a black female technologist with the specialty of IT service management. So um, a lot of service now, IT, that sort of area of tech. Um, I like shopping. I don't know what else you guys see me tweet crazy things about all day, but that's pretty much a synopsis on me. <laughs> all right. So how did, well, first, what is like service management and IT? What's all that stuff? Explain it like I'm five or eight. <laughs> okay. So basically, it just works to improve existing products and services found in IT. So, um, and I joke a lot on Twitter and say I'm not one of the folks that fixes anything, but just making sure that we're adding uh, value, efficiency, uh, making recommendations for improvements where need be for existing product, um, IT products and services. So like I have an app or something and customers and maybe it's like enterprise level and you would come in and like help me make that system like efficient or add apps and stuff or things I want to do to it? Yeah, so pretty much a lot of my career focuses on being a liaison between folks that are technical and those that are non-technical. Mm. So um, I may do the testing with folks who are not in IT at all. It may be an attorney or, um, I don't know, even down to like an administrative assistant to make sure that whatever IT products and services that are implemented actually are useful and add value to any organization and so forth. Mm. So kind of like... I'm sorry. You good. Go ahead. Oh, no, you guys go. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I appreciate the way you broke that down because, like, I'm in tech, but I'm not in tech like the way the rest of y'all are in tech. So that techie shit mm-hmm. be, like, going right over my head. Yeah. <laughs> it goes up. Like, I do tech as far as, like, electrical cables and fixing, like, computer, like, uh, light programming and things like that. But, like, when it comes to, like, computers and, like, that side of tech that you guys are all in with the certs and everything, like, I'd be so fucking lost. I'd be like, what what he gonna say? I'm not techie. <laughs> yeah, and that's I'm the techie, thing. but I, I ain't have, techie. <laughs> right. That's that's kind of my take on everything as well. I am a te- you know, I guess a technologist, if you will, but most of my certifications are based kind of like on project management, again, adding value, efficiency, things of that nature. So I'm the person that may talk to someone that's more technical and then break it down in lamest terms for an end user. So just kind of the middleman between those two areas. For a Terra. So. <laughs> or a Terra. <laughs> or a Terra. Because <laughs> like, I'd be like, what, the, what did you just say? Like, I already had to break down project management to me like eight different times, and I'm still kind of confused right now. <laughs> I know she got a team of people, and she just tell them what to do, and they're working on a project. That's about it. Project management is babysitting right. adults and making sure they're, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then See, you follow you up when they're not. <laughs> Terra's terms. That's what I mean. You're going to put them in Terra's terms. All right, so I want to get in your bag business. Like, mm-hmm. you could be as specific as you want, but like, what are you making doing this stuff? And how, what was your timeline for like getting there? Okay, so my whole tech career started in March of 2018, where I was turning 25 Wait, that year, and I wasn't in a rush. 2018? Yeah. Like two years ago, 2018? Yeah, like I was I was not playing all right. You know, all right, you know I'm materialistic. I was like, I need to get <laughs> the figures quick as possible. Like, I don't even have time. What were you doing so, before um, that, though? Before that, I was a paralegal. Oh. Yeah. yeah. 
That's so you know what being a paralegal and that's the thing when i talk to people that want to transition to tech and you work in a job that's not technical at all you'll be surprised how many systems you have to access a day right so even as a paralegal i was accessing like eight to ten different systems a day just to gather documents and stuff for cases so i was already com um quite comfortable with systems and everything but i was like i'm making fifty-five thousand. you know 30 is going to come up one day what the heck can i do now to get me to my go salaries and so forth. So I, I don't know, I pushed it. <laughs> so well, are you actually your goal salary now, would you say? Oh yeah. That you were, that you were thinking about you... in 2018? Cause I mean, you probably have new goals now, but like the 2018 goal salary, had, did you hit it? Yeah, yeah. Um, what was it though? What was the number? Thing, so when you get into tech, when you get into tech and you're like talking to people that make 400,000, it's like, well, damn, I still don't make that much money. So right now, I am at over 200,000. Um, I am working two IT jobs. Um, for one job, I'm a system administrator for IT, for IT service management tool, Remedy. I don't know if you guys have heard of that ticketing system. Um, so doing that, and now I'm also a ServiceNow business analyst. So I'm working two jobs during COVID. They're both, you know, completely from home. Um, I'm actually trying to purchase a home. So that's kind of what made me be like, okay, let me take on another job um, sort of thing. So right now I'm able to still have my normal life of shopping and going out. And then I'm saving the salary for my second job altogether. Back so, you hear that ladies? She's shopping. <laughs> yeah. She done came up in less than two years. Y'all better get on your motherfucking Yeah. <laughs> so actually, um, just to, for your listeners and so forth, um, I knew I wasn't an extremely technical person. Like I kind of wasn't comfortable with going from being a paralegal to like, I don't know, like a network specialist or something like that. So for me, um, when I started looking at my certifications and stuff, I kind of was like, what cert can I get that utilizes my existing skills to hurry up and in your words, get the bag. So with me being a paralegal, I was already doing like analytical work and stuff like that. So that's what kind of led me to ITO. So got my ITO certification in March. By June of that same year, I was in the middle of three job offers and none paid below 95000 So that was pretty, and I don't have my degree either. So it's just kind of one of those things, again, utilizing my existing skills, um, building up on it, getting the cert to back everything up, and just betting on myself. Just taking so the risk. Almost, uh, doubled, that's doubled your salary? You almost doubled your salary in a couple almost of months. Almost doubled said, it, what, yeah. 55 to 95 Yep, Enough? in three months. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So, so what do you think was the hardest part for you transitioning to tech? Because like, you know, people hit me up all the time, like, oh, how how can mm -hmm. I get into tech? What can I do? And you saying that you went from fifty five thousand to two hundred twenty five thousand in two years, like, it just yeah. shows me that a lot of people just they're not on the grind like they're supposed to be. So you know, some people no. they just don't get to it. So what do you think was the hardest part to transition? You know what, bees? I thank God. I didn't really have a hard part in my transition. Um, I'm not, again, because I'm not a technical person, so I wasn't one that was just like building computers at five, like taking, a, you know, taking a, a what, I'm sorry, I can't even talk, taking apart computers and putting them back together. That wasn't my lane. So for me, I was super salary driven. I knew the life I wanted to live and I knew that tech would get that for me. So with that being said, whatever hurdles that I even did come into, because to keep it honest, studying for these certs, they're not the most fun thing. So I'm one that I'll be studying for a cert and then a tab over, I have Indeed open, looking at job salaries. I'm like, okay, they're paying 115000 for this. Let me make sure I stick to it. 
So I'm really, really salary and money driven. So that's what kind of yeah. gets me through whatever. <laughs> Hey, look, I love to hear that because it's so many people. I see people say it on Twitter all the time. It's usually, I'm not going to lie, there's usually white people telling black people, hey, don't focus on only the money getting in the tech. Why? Why not? Like, everybody else is living a great life, making great money yeah. in tech. It doesn't have to be, like, what you, like, love. Like, you live and breathe and sleep, mm-hmm. service now and I till. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, it's your career. Right. Like, you work that, you work your job. And you live a life outside of tech, like it yeah. gives you the life you want to live. So like, I'm glad that you are salary driven because that's the same thing that I did. I only went into computer science and software engineering to eventually make six figures. Like that's the only yeah. reason why I did it and it worked out. So it's like, you know, you just have to stay on that grind. And just like you said, studying for the search is boring. Like yeah. it's taking an exam, you know, it's, it's easier than studying for like, you know, the SAT or the ACT, something like that. But like it's boring work like you're just studying definitions and studying concepts and then you have yeah. to take an exam but the thing about it people don't get it, is like all right once you're done with the exam and you know the material like you're done like you just have to yeah active. so and i think um and okay. i've seen it even with you guys is somebody else talking i'm sorry go ahead go ahead no all right go ahead i was actually going to use you as, as an example so come on so I was going to ask, do you have to do any like coding or developing in your job? Did you have to learn that at all for any position? No, I didn't actually. So even right now as a service now business analyst, um, even like what you guys mentioned in terms of did I reach my salary goals and things like that, I did hit my salary goals. I did not hit my career goals. So even with service now, I'm like, okay, by next year, I want to be a service now developer. So I am trying to take the initiative to, um, you know, be a part of those meetings and so forth with the team, because this is the thing, too. Um, when I first learned as a system administrator, again, I was making like 95000 when I first came in. And the developers or the engineers on my team, they were over 150. So I'm like, you know, for the most part, 98% of our job is the exact same job functions. Like we're not doing anything insanely different, except for quarterly, they do updates that require coding. And development work so they're making $55,000 more than me at the least to code four times a year because you know with the government you know with the government they don't like to make too many changes that's too much training that has to be done and so forth so we don't make drastic changes all the time it's literally quarterly four times a year they're going back in the system doing some sort of coding and development work and getting $55,000 extra more than I am so it does, it does become a thing such as that and that would be wonderful 55,000 more just to code four times a year so you know it's other things I do need to work on but um did I start rambling I don't know gotta cut that out probably no you're good you're good okay Okay. and you know what so I do want to have fun conversations but I just want to get like the tech stuff out the way I think transitioning I'm sorry I think I think I think a lot of people are gonna love it because like for me I don't know anything about your job or that industry so I always like hearing like you guys talk about it bees jasmine even Ari stuff I consider her in tech I don't know if she's considered tech but Mm -hmm. hearing about what you guys do is very interesting to me because I would have never known about these industries if I had not met y'all so keep rambling because I don't know what the hell a service (laughs) now tech is but I'm about to go look this shit up because I you know I got a I got a google degree (laughs) (laughs) so that's one thing i want to say um with me launching my website it was really made to just help people transition their careers and 
um, as Bees has said, use tech to kind of build wealth for our communities and things like that. Um, one thing I will slightly complain about, a lot of my folks, and it could, I don't know, maybe it's my fault. I don't know as a mentor or I don't know um, what to even consider myself as, but people, they actually do get certifications, but then they don't know what to do after that. So from you guys, kind of can we have a conversation about that? Because I tried to do like a, a long Twitter thread of, yes, it's okay for you to study for these certifications and get the certification, but you have to become that person once you get the certification. Like, don't get the certification, then you're like, oh my God, now what do I do? And People retain information to pass the test. They don't retain the information mm -hmm. to actually learn. And that's the problem. Right. So they look at it like, oh, I got to pass this exam. Okay, yes, you have to pass this exam. And you have to actually know the shit that was on the exam so you can perform mm -hmm. the job. Right. And they, so they don't hit that point. point. Yeah, I always make a point to tell them, because I understand the same thing. When you're studying for an exam, you're cramming, you're just taking notes, you're trying to find keywords, you're not really sitting there trying to study for functional use. Go back and study for functional use. Go back and read job descriptions so you can know what the job actually is going to entail. Don't get the cert and then you're like, what do I do next? You have to revisit why you wanted the cert for, in the first place for a job. Go back and start getting to know those jobs. Go back and do the course again slowly without the test anxiety, you know, knowing I'm studying for this test and then a month I have an exam. That part is out the window at that point. You already got the certification. Go back and actually utilize and make sense of it. But I don't know, maybe... Yeah, I, I recommend people to, um, one, like do labs, like labs at home okay. where you can actually use that information and utilize the information and the technical skills at home, the skills that you just gained. And then I also tell people, like, next step is to apply for jobs. <laughs> like, you don't yeah. just get a cert and be like, okay, I have a cert, a job's about to fall on my lap. Like, no, you right. need to apply. You still need to put a, put the work in. Like, applying for jobs and interfering for jobs is a job in itself. So It is. Getting the cert, that, that's the hardest thing about tech that people don't realize. First, you, you got to study for these, these certification exams, and you have to mm -hmm. become proficient in whatever skill it is that you're taking for the exam. Then you have to go and interview, and then you got to go display those same skills during the interview. Like, it's technical yeah. interviews, right? So it's like mm -hmm. you're, you're constantly showing your skills the entire time. So just like you said, you know, if you think you're just going to cram and then not really know the information and get a job, it's not gonna happen. You just right. like you said you have to um you have to like become that cert. Like that has to become you. Like you're now in tech. You now need to understand what what the hell is really going on so you can perform yeah. your job well. Yeah. And I think people do get discouraged from those initial interviews of not doing so great. But even with that, that helps you out too. So I tell people all the time when you're interviewing and they ask you a question and you're so nervous you forget, you know, what the question was that you messed up on. Try to have paper and a pad handy so you'll know, okay, I, you know, screwed up this interview for this question. Let me write down what that question was so I know how to answer it the next time. So that's another thing, yeah. too. Don't be discouraged by the interviewing process. Like, it's a the whole thing is a learning process. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you uh, might not nail it. Sorry, sorry. All right, let me just say one thing real quick. Yeah, you might not nail it your first time. But like something that I tell people to do as well is you can Google, like, say if you, you're going for a job for service now, you can Google service now interview questions. Yeah. And then there's this one sure. website that usually pops up and they have like hundreds of questions for you to use. Is like, it through those questions and practices. Um, I don't think it's Eureka. It's a, it's a different. Oh, one. look, and I'm, look saying, it I'm pronouncing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. 
Are you talking about like you Rico on on YouTube? I thought they had a um a website too for interview questions. I'm not sure. Don't quote oh. me. I think they do though. I think they have one. That might be where Ari paid for that that class. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you know what I think is missing that a lot of people don't understand, and like I've been talking about this a little bit more recently. B's probably gonna be mad that I'm gonna say these two things, but. I feel like what a lot of consultants and people are missing or like people who teach and train or mentor or consult is like a framework and roadmap for people to achieve the goal yeah. that they want to achieve, right? So I think it'll be easier for people to understand how to transition into like maybe your specific part of tech if you have your your framework, right? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what you want to do. So first, like, you know, your first part, your first phase can be like, you got to figure out what you want to do or some things that you're interested in. This is true. Yeah. You need to learn those things. You need to practice and lab those things, right? You need to get certified and then you need to prepare for your interview. And I think people think like, oh, just because I got a cert or I went on one interview, I should get, you know, the job and no one's good at, at doing anything at an expert or decent level until you practice and you fail Mm -hmm. a couple of times, right? You get that experience under your belt. So I think a lot of times there's just not a lot of context and clarity in the process for people, but having that framework, especially like for your consult calls where you can guide people and say, look, this is the timeline. This is what you're going to be doing for these amount of months. (laughs) And this is the preparation work that you have to put into it. And it's a transition. It's not you know, it's not this easy thing. And if it was, you know, light, easy work, everybody would be doing it, you know, right. it's doable, right. it's achievable, but you ought to put effort into it. Like mm-hmm. six figures doesn't come easy, <laughs> you know, at least not for us. Right. Not yet. Yeah. So, um, you know, that might help, you know, as far as like helping to guide your people and keep them on track and be like, look, you're here in this second square and you need to get to square 10. So like, you know, mm-hmm. let's get it going. Let's get your shit done. Right. That's all. I'm yeah. Saying. No, I'm glad you mentioned that because I plan to relaunch. I like stripped half my website down. I don't know if anyone has had time to notice it. I've taken so much stuff down when I took on the second job. So I do think a roadmap or something would different. And I actually wanted to speak to other um, folks that are in tech in different areas too, because I think we all need to put a, together a roadmap for all areas of tech, whether it be cyber or whatever, because people are just need answers and just need a guide. So you're absolutely right. So hopefully these but in a way that we understand also like the way that i read like the comptia career guide map Mm -hmm. that thing is confusing as shit and i understand tech (laughs) i look at that thing and i'm like i'm lost at like column two (laughs) right and it's so bad because i don't know if you've ever heard me say it i'm like anti-comptia altogether like i don't even know how i've made it this far without (laughs) but yeah that whole website confuses the hell out of me the emails too, but that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, that's a valid, that's a valid, valid point. But you know, the way yeah. I think we're breaking this information down, you know, for our audience and the people listening, like, I think they'll be able to be much more interested in, you know, pursuing it or looking into it because it's broken down in a way that, you know, we can understand, right? You yeah. The sites and you're just like, I don't know what any of this shit is at all. I have right. no context for it at all. Like, which is why they still... Right, which is why even after visiting those websites, people still have to contact folks like us just to break it back down. So no, you're absolutely right. Um, was I cutting off someone else? I'm sorry. I can't wait for there to be more black educators and like 
I think it would be great for you to, you know, productize your knowledge also so that you don't have to do a bunch of calls. You can just tell people, Hey, sign up for this. You're good. We do a weekly call, bring your questions yeah. there. Everything's in there for you to go through. Yeah. I do want to get to that point. It's just, I'm so swamped with working these two jobs. Yeah. Okay. I have a question about that too. Are yeah. you working like 80 hours a week or is it not yeah. that crazy? So that's, yeah. So that's the thing. So, um, my second job, they don't really care what time I sign in, as long as you sign in before 10 a.m. So, of course, I sign in at the same time I sign in for my original or first job. So, I end up signing out of both at, um, at once. Um, the only thing that, the only issue that I've been presented with is the meeting conflicts, um, which so far, fingers crossed, thank God, they have always seemed to resolve itself. And this is going on my third month working both jobs, coming up on three months. So, like, I'll have a meeting and then it'll end up getting canceled. So, I'll just end up attending the one meeting. But as a business analyst, there's so meeting-based. Like, I've never worked a job that has five, six, seven, eight meetings a day. Like, it's insane. How are you getting but anything done? I'm sorry? How are you getting anything done? So, that's the thing. Remember, we talked about this on Twitter, actually. So, I asked, my, um, asked one of my friends. He's always worked two or three tech jobs. So, he's like, um, I'm like, how do you do it? Like, how am I going to get this done? He's like, you're going to find yourself working after hours. So now I'm working at 7, 8, 9 p.m. But again, like, I don't even mind. Like, even today I was doing work and got through most of my system admin work today. So it works out. Again, mine on the money. I'm just here for the money. <laughs> Dang, so you're having to put in extra hours for, for these two jobs right now. Yeah, and it's not even it's not even from the work. It's just because they want, you know, if it's an eight-hour day, they want to spend six hours in meetings. So yeah, that's, uh, that's rough. That's rough because of the business analyst position. Yeah. So again, talking to the developers and talking to the end users and stuff like that. But after five o'clock, I have found myself in Chanel more often from working the two jobs. <laughs> then I'll come back home and <laughs> then I'll come back home and work some more. So I'll like sign out, then go to the mall, I'll come back. But you know, it 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 works itself out. <laughs> I mean, now's the perfect time to be able to do that like we can't do much anyway yeah. right so this is true this is true so even after like working so what i told myself i said i'll take it day by day working the two jobs whatever after the first month i had paid off so many credit so many credit card debt and debt in general paid that crap off and just able to aggressively save so now i'm able to use my financial starter kit properly bees and Make sure the money is doing what it needs to do. <laughs> I love to see it. Hey, I love to see it. Allocate the money. Allocate the yes. money. Yes. <laughs> Jazz, you were about to say something? Yeah, so I got a question about, like, your interview process. And I'm sure a lot of people say, like, yeah, well, I don't have any experience in that. Like, how did you overcome that? Was that or was that even a question that you got asked during the interview um, phase? Uh, I'm sorry, Jess. So, like, um, just getting through interviews in general, or like, did they ever ask, like, um, or was it ever like an issue that you didn't have like experience in that specific that specific like certificate that you got? Did they ever ask that, or it didn't really matter as long as you knew the content, you were good to go? Because I know in tech, like, a lot of people always say, "Well, yeah," but the hardest thing for me is I don't have the experience trying to mm -hmm. transition. So that's so was that kind something? of. Yeah, I'm sorry. I guess that kind of goes back to what I was saying before. Um, I didn't go from being a paralegal to like some sort of like network or cloud specialist, something that was too far off. 
So with me taking the ITIL route, um, again, going back to making sure things add value, being analytical, knowing to make recommendations and stuff for um, areas in tech that were lacking and stuff like that. I've always done that throughout my entire career. So I just kind of made it tech. When you're transitioning into tech and your um, career prior to that doesn't necessarily match, I do recommend hiring like someone that specializes in resume rework because they're able mm -hmm. to figure out, okay, for me, for example, with um, ITIL and my first job being a system administrator, there are components to my job where um, just having basic common sense to be like, okay, help desk is calling me. You guys are laughing already? <laughs> like help desk would be like, um, we had 20 calls about the same issue. We released this new product. Um, you know, folks don't know how to use it. I don't really need experience to be like, okay, let's try to automate the intake process for this help desk request and create a template. Again, some most of my job is super common sense-ish. Again, I didn't, I wasn't one of those people that said, I'm going to go into tech and I'm going to be a help desk analyst where I need to actually fix someone's computer or do um, any troubleshooting, things like that. I kind of stayed in my comfort zone of tech. So when it came to interviews and things like that, I was always pretty comfortable with how to answer questions and things of that nature. But it also goes back to something else I said, um, and I think what all of us kind of agreed on too read job descriptions like that's kind of going to give you an idea as to what to expect so don't necessarily just read the job description for the job that you're interviewing for go find other jobs similar with that being said you're going to learn the acronyms you're going to learn the jargon and things like that so you'll be more comfortable answering questions so even with me in terms of interviewing i never really got super stuck um i know someone on twitter asked me for like additional resources and things like that in terms of studying and stuff I'm a big Reddit user. So with Reddit, um, you know, going to look at the certification or skill set or whatever you're trying to learn and you're reading um, kind of live, if you will, issues that people are having and things like that. So you actually get human responses from regular people using regular language. So that's always been a tool that I use for interviewing and things like that. So I, I haven't really had a hard time interviewing um, from what I remember. In terms of experience, again, my area of tech is kind, they are pretty certification um, reliant. So if you have a certification for service now, you have ITL and things like that, they don't really go super in depth into years of experience and what you know. Because ITL being a framework, it's not necessarily a technology, more so a thought process and um, you know, ways, again, to add value and efficiency and working with groups and understanding service level agreements and things like that. So it's not anything you actually have to do. You just have to be comfortable talking about it. So. Yeah. See, you, you got into like the, the side of tech where you don't have to show that super technical skill set, which is much yeah. easier in interviews compared to mm -hmm. like um, software engineering interviews where they're going to be like, Hey, yeah. get on this whiteboard and tell us how you would solve this. Yeah, I've never <laughs> and that, had a that whiteboard. throws people off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've never had to, like, do anything during an interview. And I I just recently heard about these whiteboards being incorporated into interviews. I have never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. But again, so for software engineers. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so for software engineering, like, they're going to be like, hey, get on this whiteboard and write this code. Or, like, now, like, I haven't done a software engineer interview in a while, but I know now mm -hmm. they're doing, like, take-home interviews. They're, like, or take-home software engineering tests. So they'll yeah, tell you fix make some type of program and code it up at home and have to submit it i think it's all bs personally but 
I mean, that's that's what they do now. And that was another thing I didn't like about software engineering. I just felt like the interview process was just too much. Like we talked about this with Brittany last week. Like the interview process for software engineering roles are just there a lot. Like you might go through yeah. four or five interviews just to get a job and you might not get it. That's right. That's the thing. You may not even get it. <laughs> you get all the way there and then you get you get the email saying, Well, sorry, you are a great candidate, but no thanks. That's insane. Yeah, no. That's not my area of tech, yes. thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. I'm sure to come, like, if I get to the developer stage, but that hasn't my, been my experience so far. I don't know. Am I, like, the lazy technologist? I don't know. Must be. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, like I said, if you're, like, the way that you got into tech and for transitioning in, I think that's a, well, it's a good way to do it because you can yeah. definitely do it faster because, you're not really getting those like super, super technical skills. But for some people, mm-hmm. that thought process, like you, you understood the thought process more. So some people, you know, it's hard for them to think through processes like that because they've never had to do it before. Right. So right. I guess it's kind of like what you're familiar with. I was just about to say, you did it the smart way because a lot of people, like I try to tell a lot of people, don't get caught up in like all these technologies you see like people talking about like, follow what you think is cool like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and see where tech aligns with that and go after that like trying to do what everyone else is doing all the time and trying to keep up like it it just like never ends with that you never really get anywhere with that and i think you really did it like the smart way you was just like i want to get in tech this is where my skills are where's tech aligned with that and and you've seen it like i think in a very a very smart way that most people just don't like they just get so caught up in everything else yeah, but not only that, and I'm not saying it in a bad way, but I just feel like our community specifically, we're not even exposed to IT yeah. service management or being in positions where you can implement change and make recommendations. So that's another thing too. Like, um, um, a lot of the other folks that look like us, um, and they're great, they're awesome. Like, they're always like, you know, the engineering roles, or like, they're never like in my from my experience, they're never like the project manager and things like that. So I do think it's cool that um, this side of tech is becoming more popular, again, so we can implement more changes so that we can work with the folks that are engineers and, um, you know, network specialists and developers and stuff so we can actually make change. Yeah, and I, I kind of want to talk about what Jazz said too, like following what you think is cool. I remember people used to kill Jazz on Twitter when she was like, yeah, I'm, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a Ruby developer. And people were like, oh, Ruby is dead. Ruby's dead. And then she'd come <sighs> back like a month later, like, yeah, I just got this job. I get all these job offers for Ruby. Like, what, what, what happened to everybody saying that it was dead? And like, honestly, in tech, a lot of these technologies are still being used. Like everybody, right. like Jazz said, yeah. like when it comes to coding or something like that, everybody trying to keep up with the newest technology and you don't have to. Like I know in the defense mm-hmm. industry, the biggest language that's used is C and C++. Like that's what they use. Like for their systems yeah. that they're coding up, most of their systems they're using C, C++ or some old ass system, like old um, technology, some old programming language that's not even used anymore. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you don't have to keep up with the newest stuff. You just need to figure out what is being used, where, like, where people are using it. Is it in demand? Mm-hmm. Learn it and, like, be really good at it. That's, that's really all you need to do. But, you know, trying to keep up and hop on every new language or every new type of technology, it's not going to get you anywhere. Like, learn something. No. And I'm good at it. Right, right, versus learning something, sticking to it, and letting that be your craft, for sure, yeah. 
So I got a question. Oh, what were you about to ask? I was gonna ask her like the next step. I know she said she wanted to become a developer. You know, you said kind of like in the developer role, but is that like your final step? In that, I don't know if that's like a, a, a system or a software that you're working with. You said, what is it called again? Mm-hmm. Uh, ServiceNow. ServiceNow. What is that? Mm-hmm. Is it like a software? Yes. So it is a, so- a software. It's considered, what is it, a cloud platform as a service. So basically, it mm-hmm. started out as an IT service management tool. So basically, it's just a glorified ticketing system. But um, gotcha. <laughs> the steps that I would need to take to become a developer would be JavaScript. Like I say, most of the stuff that I study is so, 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 so boring. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to just, I keep talking about it so that I could train myself to be like, okay, you're going to learn JavaScript this fall and winter. So um, again, and that little small skill can make me an extra $50,000. And a skill that's not even, yeah, no, I'm going to take the time to learn it. Look, I'm going to buckle down. <laughs> That's the thing I would say too. learning. Boring <laughs> equals bad. This is true. This is true. But I was going to say, when people find out that I work in tech, like, if you just follow me on social media, like, I still go out a whole lot, listen to I mean, you know, I think that when people see me, they're like, oh, wow, you're in tech. But they need to start also realizing that tech doesn't have a specific face or a look or a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm still working on scaling down my lifestyle so I can secure a bigger bag, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, everybody think that tech equals like you're some type of super mega nerd, like you're some type of school yeah, or something. No. You no. don't have to be. Like, we're, no, we're no. reshaping tech. Like, this is going to be totally different. You know, I think if, if our community is going to get into tech, they need to know, like, everybody is not, like, some square. Like, it's, it's regular <laughs> people in tech. So, exactly. we're here to show y'all, you can be regular and be in tech and have a life outside of tech. You don't got to tweet about tech all damn day. Like, no. talk about whatever you want. Like, I remember I saw somebody say that, um, you know, she she had to make an announcement that the verses was coming on for, uh, what was it? Was it Patti LaBelle last week? And she was like, yeah, I just want to make an announcement because last time I tweeted about verses, I lost like a bunch of followers. And I'm like, fuck them. Wow. Like, they're not your, they're not your following. Like, forget them. Who cares? Like, yeah. lose them and you, you'll replace them with people who actually really genuinely like you as a person, like all of you, not just the tech. Yeah, no, that's true. I think I think all of us do a good job with maintaining having personalities and you know being who we are, as well as you know the careers that we have as well. Because nine to five, I'm very professional. Five on one hit, I want to hit my little baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just I'm just little baby all day. I'm just like all day. yeah. I can't turn that shit off. I just. Try. No, and you know what? So when I launched my website, I did find myself like giving all of these disclaimers on Twitter and stuff. Like, okay, I'm a professional, but I'm gonna curse. And I mean, I think honestly, I do a lot of stuff that people just don't approve of. Um, in general, and I, you know, one time I got so upset. I'm like, oh my god, my Twitter is so professional now. But I don't know. I think I gave enough disclaimers that I just don't anymore. I curse at 3 a.m. and they'll live at 9:30 a.m. when I'm talking professional again. Just roll with the punches. <laughs> They're not paying any bills. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Are you do a wonderful job at keeping it Look, all the way real? <laughs> I tell you, I don't give a fuck, and I didn't ask anyone to follow me. I mean that shit with my soul. I have not asked anyone to follow me ever. You're here because you want to be so, and you can. It's Spider Man, Jeff. 
shit. Didn't ask you to be here. You're going to get all these tweets. I don't care. Talking about all of them. Blowing on <laughs> nipples, all of it. Yep. You're going to get the man nipples right after the motivational tweets. All of that. I hate oh it. I hate it. All that. I hate it. I think I was like going through a breakup studying for like AWS. So I'm like cutting out my boyfriend's clothes, but still talking about cloud on the side. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I don't. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about like boyfriend stuff then. Are you dating? Like, yeah, do you I was ready for this. like, what's up with that? You looking for a sugar baby? Twitter want to know. <laughs> a sugar baby? What? Oh, man. What's that? Look, look, they you get the background sense. Is that when you take care of someone? Oh yeah, no. That's when you spoil a man. I know, right? Yeah, that's that's sugar baby. Somebody asked that. They did. No, any any time a woman get in the bag, especially a black woman, they'd be like, "What's she gonna buy me? What's she gonna buy me?" So like, you know, I'm trying to look for somebody with a bigger bag than mine. Which is okay. So let me let me talk about. Let me talk about dating when you're making over two hundred thousand through tech. Talk. <laughs> who talk the hell can you date? It. Who are we dating? I don't know. You can't go to Bella Noches. Where can you go? Right? Come on now. <laughs> I don't. I think, and I, you know, so even though, and I think when I say I make two hundred thousand, I'm only making this much money through COVID. Once COVID ends and I have to go back in the office, I'm not working two jobs, so that's out. But even when I signed my offer letter, I'm like, who is going to be the eligible bachelor now? Because now, thank God, I make a shitload of money. So I don't know who to date. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, So you're know. saying you're not currently dating? I am. I have like a favorite ex. We all do. <laughs> we all do. Well, I'm just saying, I'm speaking. I would, yeah, I wouldn't call it dating. I mean, like a comfort zone or something. I don't know. It's just a comfort Are you zone. in a situation ship? I somehow am in a situation ship. <laughs> Leave her alone, Ari. You'll be the best type. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a situation ship. And it, you know, and I just, it needs to be fixed and rectified, though, because I honestly don't have time for foolery. Like, I'm t- I am was too busy now. Like, I'm in all these meetings all day. I'm like, I don't have time to be with you. Like, you got it. You win. So, um, I don't know. It's getting, dating is getting interesting now. That I will say. But I am getting older. Um, At first, I never wanted kids. Now I want kids. So, it's just, it's just weird. That's called money. It's the money. The money, the money is making more. I didn't want no kids when I was coming up. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, know, baby's kind of cute. And dress him up in a little bit of Gucci. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Like, it's so funny how everything ties in. I think I was so much easier to date when I was a paralegal. So now it's just like, now I have like all these demands and stuff now. Cause I'm like, look, if you can't do it, I can afford to do it by myself. So like, I don't know. Why are you, what are you here for? Like, <laughs> right. So I don't know. It's not going so great for me. And it's interesting because my dad is actually African. So when I tell my friends about this, they're like, you're never going to get married. Like you're not even traditional at this point. So we'll see. We have to have another um, four ghosts and a mic in like three or four years to see how that part of it goes. I'm sure I'll be a developer because at least career-wise, I know I can get stuff done. But 
Look, this is we're gonna have an event whenever we have an event after COVID. We're gonna bring our friends, you know, there's gonna be a little mixing and mingling. Yeah. Somebody and then happily ever. After. Oh, we bring in fine ass men? Yes. We're gonna bring them all together. Yeah, only the fine Can we do like an auction? Okay. Oh wow. <laughs> like, you know, like most eligible tech bachelors or something like that bachelorette the homies and we'll rank them on like level of ink shit and paidness and then you can oh. them off. the more level of skill we can level them by we need to see their resume we need to see their resume too well we can, i don't we, we just put them on in clearances so they're we all have good. The top security <laughs> <clearance>. <laughs> i won't associate with bums or deadbeats so like my so invite list is good <laughs> Well, we need to do this next year. This sounds like they might cheat a little bit, <laughs> but they make money. See, I can't take that. Ask the guy who I used to date who does not have any clothes aside from underclothes at this point. <laughs> you don't know what's I'm crazy. Like, what? I think that a lot of women have this issue. I, yeah. I, I'm lucky because I'm a lesbian, obviously, but <laughs> I don't know. Bees, I just want to say, I just want to say, I love you because every time we talk about this, you gotta let it be known. Look, I'm a lesbian. I, let me just right. tell y'all this. No, I pay for everything. So many, <laughs> no, 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 because so many people still think I'm a man on Twitter. So, like, I, I just think that for women that make a lot of money, it's hard for y'all because. A lot of men, they just aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. So, like, I have a friend, and she's a pharmacist, and it's like she goes through the same stuff. She's like, you know, yeah. how, who do you date when you make a lot of money? And it's like everybody we talk to is like, you know, it's hard to find somebody when you're making a lot of money as a woman because a lot of men aren't making that much money. But I think, like Ari said, like, I think, like, if you mix and mingle with people who are, like, high-performing people, probably mm-hmm. going to be your best bet. <laughs> yeah, I have to stop meeting people in the club. I have to stop meeting people in the club. You're gonna have better luck on Twitter than the club. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when, when black women we get, we start getting money, but like we still kind of hang out with our old crowds, and we're just kind of transitioning yeah. into new money. And so the men that we're around, we still might kind of like tolerate them, you know, because we think you know they're still kind of on the come up too, right? But when mm-hmm. you become that woman, and you like for me. I like spending money like on whoever I'm with, you know what I'm saying? So I'll mm-hmm. buy you a whole bunch of food. You know, you like a certain basketball team then I'm on the NBA store, you know, buying shit. That's just me. But I would feel like yeah, I'm getting taken. <laughs> 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 Look, I take care of mine. What B say? I take care of mine. <laughs> I pay bills in two anyway. <laughs> Look, but what, but anyway, but like, I just feel like, women they get taken advantage of when it comes to that you know they you have women that make a lot of money and they start getting taken get taken advantage of by men that maybe aren't can't treat them the way that they're treating them and so mm-hmm. that's when the dating pool becomes hard because you as a woman you don't want to settle and that's the last thing yeah. you do especially if you're a high-powered career woman you're, you're the last person to be out here settling and yeah. so that's where I, that disconnect comes you know it's really hard to find uh, men that are in our dating pool that we're attracted to and that could mm-hmm. relate to us as black women so, it is what this it is. is. This is true. I just act as obnoxious and high maintenance as possible. <laughs> and it filters <laughs> all the bums. They don't even, like, try it. And then I shoot my shot at what I like. And then, yeah, great. <laughs> wow. You're not yeah, scared no, no. of me and you're not broke. And, you know, all right, we can work with this. We can work with this. And I'm sure that narrows down the pool very, very small as well. Or rules out the weaklings too. 
already be like, how tall are you? He was like, oh, like you're good. You're narrowing your options down to like the 1% of men. And I was like, good. Have you met men? Like, (laughs) (laughs) duh. Way to the point. Thank God. (laughs) Like, how could I be pickier? (laughs) Isn't that the whole point of reproduction? You're trying to find the best partner for your child. Like, I just want to deal with one of y'all, not all of y'all. Like, that's super funny so um but i I have a question i i always ask everybody um what's Mm -hmm. one random fact about you that nobody knows i am like the most i don't want to call myself i don't know bees i think i tweet so much that everybody knows everything about me um one fact that people don't know y'all gonna have to cut this out because i don't even know bees that was a hard question yeah your favorite hobby outside of shopping something right, something that I'm you like, do that you don't really like talk about a lot or like a weird fact Something you did as a kid that was weird that nobody knows. I'm out of here, Jasmine. Right. Jazz, what's one random fact? <laughs> uh, that nobody knows. I feel like I probably told you. Uh, I don't know if this is a fact, but I feel like I probably told y'all this. But when I was, how old was I? Probably like five. I shaved my eyebrows off. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not tell us that, did you? I feel like I did, but maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> you just like was like by yourself as a kid so <laughs> from what i remember like i remember my dad my mom had just bought my dad like a new like razor set or whatever and i guess i thought i was my dad and i went in the bathroom and shaved my eyebrows off <laughs> it was so funny though because i mean I, I had to have been like five six something like that because like I had to go to school and my mom had to draw my eyebrows on, but like, I sweat like really easily. So like I'm outside, I'm outside playing (laughs) and like, I'm, I'm a kid and my brother, like at that time we were young enough where we kind of like had recess around the same time. And like, I remember him telling me like people would run up to him like, what's wrong with your sister's face or what's wrong with your sister's eyes and I didn't even realize like the makeup was smeared because again like I'm a kid I'm playing I'm having fun like that shit was so funny <laughs> how long did it take to grow back I don't remember I gotta ask my mom I don't remember Wait, my, I'm sorry my laptop died I don't know if you guys noticed what, oh. ta- what happened what took long to grow back someone cut their eyebrows oh yeah did not you I just appeared to think right. about the question <laughs> They switched they switched the question to me and yeah, that was like the first thing that popped in my head. I thought I had told them this though. That is hilarious. Mm. The fact that your mom wrote like (laughs) and sent you to school at six years old, like I wasn't gonna wipe that off and sweat it out. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean, what would you do? Like it's not like you can send me to school with a hat, because you know, back then send you to school with no eyebrows. (laughs) Girl, it looked crazy as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It looked even crazier when you had recess. Yeah, I mean you're right. You're right. I don't know what my mom was thinking, but that's what happened. And I think that shit is hilarious. (laughs) 
Oh, that's oh funny as God. hell. <laughs> that was a creative uh, resolution. My sister actually cut her eyelashes off. Of course, we had no resolve to that. But I'm sure the eyebrows were worse. That's insane. <laughs> I bet her eyes how did you, Wait, how did you even cut them? Did you wax them? How did you cut no, them off? No, so, oh, I guess you missed. So I was like. I'm sorry. So my, I was really young. Like, I had to be like five, six. And my mom, I remember my mom had recently bought, like, my dad a new set of razors. And mm-hmm. all I remember, I, I went into the bathroom and I guess I thought I was my dad <laughs> and shaved my eyebrows off. But it's so crazy because I remember doing it, but I also remember when I walked out the bathroom. Um, <laughs> I was like, so to get to my room back then, this was when I lived in New York. To get to my room, I had to like go past the living room. So I walked out the bathroom trying to like get to my room. And my mom was like, Jasmine? And like, I didn't really want to look at her. <laughs> And so I looked at her. She was like, come here. Get over here right now. <laughs> and she was like, what happened to your eyebrows? And I had no words for her. Zero. <laughs> oh my I don't have anything to top that. <sighs> Can someone else share a story? No. Okay. Okay. I got a different question. What, what was your first okay. luxury item you purchased? That's an easy one. As, a, as someone that works in tech or just... Just in general, like your first or like, what's your favorite luxury item? My favorite. Okay. It's so, it's so dumb. So I don't know if you guys ever seen how I stack my bracelets up. So right now I'm more obsessed with, and it's Pinterest. I'm a big Pinterest person. It's so bad. Like I make a, so this, this may be like a fun fact too. Um, so I vacation a lot, especially before COVID. So every for every vacation, I make a new Pinterest um, album of everything that I purchase, so I won't forget what I buy, and I could put the outfits and stuff together. But um, so right now, my favorite luxury that's item. That's a fact. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Definitely. I am. I'm obsessed with Pinterest. Like it's so it's. And you know what I'm mad about? I'm sorry. I'm gonna answer your question too, bees. I'm gonna finish the question out because you guys do a lot of stocks and stuff too, or I think bees does in particular. Why the heck didn't I purchase Pinterest when it was like super cheap at the start of COVID? And now the oh, price went yeah. up. <laughs> yep, I got in. You got in? Oh, Zoom, I got Zoom. in. Zoom I got last in on year. That. Someone told me buy Zoom. And I, I, I talked to a friend about it. They're like, eh, I don't know. So I didn't do anything. And then COVID hit. And now everybody's like, everybody's using Zoom. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I'm not. So. I think I'm like staring the conversation now. Tech is overlaps a lot with financial literacy. And I am the, I feel like I'm the most irresponsible tech person. I don't know how to do stocks. I just don't know anything. Like I purchased everyone's books. Don't know how to invest in real estate. I can't figure it out. Like the only thing that works for me is just going to the mall and spend the money. Everyone else figures out ways to invest and save the money. And I'm here, like, for for all of it. And I'm still, like, just go to the mall. But anyway, so back to the question. Um, So, yeah, so my, my luxury bracelets are, like, my favorite thing. And it's so funny because, like, I got bags and stuff for my birthday. And I'm just obsessed with, like, the $300 bracelets over my super expensive handbags. I don't know. I think jewelry is very, very important these days to me. But, um... I don't know. Did you guys have any other questions for me? I, I do. love the bracelets. <laughs> no, yeah, the questions. bracelets are dope. The bracelets are yeah. dope, and I guess I can wear them all the time. So, yeah. 
those are like my favorite birthday gifts too this year. But another proud moment. So and I wasn't even in tech. This was like my first government job. And I was able to buy my mom a Louis Vuitton bag. So that was a huge deal. That was actually, my mom is not as materialistic as I am. So like she cried in Louis Vuitton and everything. Oh, that's Your so sweet. Your mom is like so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Who's that, Ari? Yeah. Talking? Your mom. Thank you, Ari. First of all, she doesn't look 50 at all. She looks like she's in her 30s. Yeah. No, we're awesome kids. Look, I'm like, we're awesome kids. We <laughs> <laughs> didn't give her too many issues and problems. And yeah, we were easy going. So I guess she reached the reward of it. <laughs> but she's very much. So that's an, okay, I'm going to let y'all go because I know you guys do your own thing too. Do you guys tell your parents how much money you make? No. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. I, I do because my mom, she just, she wants to know everything. So I just tell her everything. Even yeah, if I'm, really? I'm not going to tell my mom, I tell her everything with, yeah. when it comes to like money and stuff like that. <laughs> How does that work? She's not like in your pocket? No? Mm-mm, no, because she makes mom. her own money too. Yeah. Yeah. No, my mom is very much like, I made you who you are today. <laughs> Buy me these shoes too. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell her That's I had a pay cut or something. <laughs> My parents are not sure I'm okay and, like, thriving, but, like, I don't ask them for anything. I'll treat them to yeah. stuff, but, like, my family's never really talked about money to begin with, saving, anything like that. It's kind of like sex. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do it. <laughs> we don't oh, talk yeah. about it. Don't exist. Like, don't come home pregnant. You know, hey. Yeah, yeah. That was without saying. Mm-hmm. No, but I enjoy talking to you guys. Um, I got one last likewise. closing question before we get oh. off. Mm-hmm. If you, money's not an option, you don't, you don't, you don't need money to get whatever designer stuff that you you like. You know, mm-hmm. um, what would you be doing if you didn't have to work? An interior designer. Ooh, yeah. Okay, that's actually what I went to college for, and my <laughs> my dad who was African, was like, we're not paying for you to go to college to learn interior design. Like, you get a real degree, and then you figure that out on your own dime. But if it, you know, if it wasn't, if it was just something, like, that I'm passionate about and what I would want to do, it would be interior design. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's, like, the second career good. move, like, 30s or 40s. Yeah, go. and you know what? So you know what I'm starting to like? I, I know I'm probably talking beyond beast that I have from 6 to 6.30 and the 7.02. So I just oh, feel bad. Don't, but I feel like, like I was nervous. You know, I feel like I was like nervous at first. So this part may be getting better anyway. So um, what was I saying? I like how nowadays people are starting to like merge tech with their passions. Like so, in my case, like create an interior design app sort of thing. So it's kind of like a best of both worlds. So I guess eventually I will want to do something like that too, merging. And I guess that's what you, a lot of you guys are doing, too, using your skill set, your first skill set, you know, figuring out ways to monetize off of it. So I'm just trying to get to that point of life. This, this business is just to generate capital for other investments in businesses mm-hmm. and stuff, and then to eat off of that and license or sell this off or just keep it in the vault, you know, the wealth vault. Yeah. But you yeah. Know, this isn't what I'm going to be doing always and forever. I think I'm going to have maybe – four or five more career changes, you know, throughout mm-hmm. my life. probably every 10 years switch into something else every six to 10 mm-hmm. years. 
Gotcha. Yeah, and, and then you could use Pinterest to make more money too. I don't know if you checked out uh, Rich's Pinterest book, but I think you should check it out. You can use that to make yeah. money with tech and um, all of your like trips and stuff like that. So you could be mm -hmm. making money off Pinterest for sure. Oh, wow. Instead of just saving everyone else's pins and making their money, figure out a yeah, way yeah. to make myself some money. <laughs> yeah, you can make your, your own blog. money. Mm -hmm. Link yeah. it back to, back to your blog. Yeah. Because you have something like unique, right? Like I feel like in American black culture, we're told a lot of times like, don't talk about money. Don't show mm -hmm. off your stuff. Like, you know, keep keep your wealth and like how well you're doing a secret so no one like comes after it or tries to like take it or attack it. And so mm -hmm. I think you have like a lot of unique and relatable and aspirational things to talk about just like outside of tech. You know, your site in your blog don't just have to be about tech. It can be how tech really like feeds all these different things that like you're just into and like to do. No, this is true. This is true. Yeah. Well, I'm getting a console and no charge from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but we're in, we're in no rush. We usually go for two hours. So oh. you know, if you want to go longer, we can go longer. But <clears throat> I thought you, I was like, go, no, I thought I was like, no, they're going, they're going to love this. Shoot, we we're having oh. fun. <laughs> okay, we're good. I don't know what else. You'll to probably say. get a lot of DMs after this about, hey, can you help me get into tech? Can you tell me more about that cert you was talking about? Get the blogs ready. <laughs> Oh my goodness. How do you guys deal with DMs though? Because all of you guys have a larger following than I have. And I just find it, um, it's a lot of DMs. You just do this thing most where DMs you like, for the most part. ignore like 90. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't answer most of my DMs. Unless I've interacted oh. with you, I'm probably not going to answer a DM. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm the only one here that answers DMs. Everybody else is too. <laughs> they they too up there. They don't I answer DMs. Answer no, 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 no. There are people out there, probably over a hundred <laughs> people, that I have answered their DMs just blindly, <laughs> message requests, answered them, and done something with them, and done something for them, and led them in a direction. I just don't sit there answering. Like I know B said, he just sits there answering DMs. I can't do that. Like oh, no. my brain yeah. capacity, I just yeah. I don't have it. <laughs> I don't have the patience. Yeah, that's too much. I don't do that either. I like mm -hmm. picking choose in the DMs which ones and like if if I've already answered it, like somebody I already talked to, of course, you know, I answer them again. But the request gets kind of they get kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. But also, I think you guys are more conversational on the timeline too. Like you guys do a lot of Q and A's and stuff like that too. So maybe that helps to weed out the amount of DMs you guys get too. Yeah, and yeah. I tell people I'd rather you at me. And so everybody can learn from it or I can turn it into mm -hmm. content and it getting lost in the DMs and yeah. uh, my assistant helps me with the DMs or I'll sell in the DMs because mostly it's a business question. So I'll point them to my shit, my quiz, application, whatever. And yeah. like, this is how you can work with me, <laughs> you know, or yeah. go to this link, go to this blog post or go check out this person instead. I send a lot of people to Tara actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I bounce them off to Xavier and D and B. Yeah, you, B's, and Caroline, I send them to. I was like, I don't know. Go, go ask them. <laughs> I mean, it works. Like, when you have a, a network of people on there, because, I mean, I've followed Ari and B's and Jasmine, like, well before they had, like, a huge following. And we've always mm -hmm. interacted with people on the timeline, not just people that we knew, like, 
just random people that we, as long as they're talking about the, whatever we're talking about, we always interact back with them, you know, and, you know, kept yeah. the conversation up. I mean, it's gotten a little bit wild now that we all have huge followings and people kind of mm-hmm. get disrespectful, but we've always interacted with people on the timeline. I think that plays a big part into the network that we've grown. Yeah, no, I agree because this is my first time, I think, formally talking to any of you that I can hear your voices. <laughs> but I've been following all <laughs> I've been following um following you guys for so long that it just felt super personable. Even so I joked on Twitter yesterday and was like, we should just change this to five goats and one might, like temporarily or whatever. And Beast is like, Well, we didn't initially plan to have guests. I was like, But I'm not a guest, I'm a Twitter family person. <laughs> so yeah, you guys you guys do create like an atmosphere of it, it, it becomes like a family sort of thing after a while. For sure. Again, those people are not disrespectful. Exactly. That's the biggest thing. If you don't talk to me crazy or you have like decent respect, then I'm cool, right? Like I only have to cut up with somebody if they say something wild and I'm like, you thought, but wrong bitch right day. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I'm not the one. Don't let the face fool you. Nah. (laughs) We don't play that over. (laughs) Like, no, no one can fire me. So it's free for all. I know that's right. I have a question. So, um, mm-hmm. I have a question about your job. Like, cause you were saying that you all do stuff with the government. Um, do you have to have a clearance for what you do or no? Yes. So I am cleared. Okay. Am I able to say how, I mean, um, you, you can say what you want. You could just say you are cleared. You have a clearance. That's yeah, cool. I'm cleared. Um, I haven't come into any information that I will find super confidential again on the IT service management side. So I don't see anything that would be like a breach of national security, but I am clear. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's dope. See, I didn't know you had a clearance because you know, you don't really talk about it. We're not supposed to really talk about it. Like, all Oh, and open on the timeline, like all willy nilly yeah. all the time. So didn't, didn't know you had one, but like, so how did you end up getting yours? Like, did you get it from your paralegal job before, or you got it when you got your first service now position? Or first no, so I actually position. got it um, when I started tech as assistant administrator. So, um, and I actually had someone DM me about getting cleared right now with COVID. Um, I know you're probably more um, experienced in those levels and, you know, how to talk about them and so forth. But um, I was actually fortunate enough to get a job that will actually sponsor my clearance. Um, so I definitely took that offer up because I know those clearances can get quite costly. So even with my um with my second job, it required the same level of clearance. So they just transferred my information over or whatever. So it was an easy, easy process. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Some people like, you know, I I, I teach people how to get clearances and stuff. And some people mm-hmm. still like, oh, I still can't get a clearance. I'm like, yo, and my defense industry guy <laughs> literally tells you how to find these jobs, like and now mm-hmm. I added more information to make it even easier. Like, hey, this is what you have to do to find these positions that will sponsor your clearance. So yeah, right. I'm glad that you were able to get a clearance in the area. Cause I know, you know, you're in the DC area. So I know like it's, it's major out here. Most you know, of the jobs are having, hard. Yep. Yeah. Yep, not having a clearance. That's, that's shoot. That, that takes you out of the job pool in the DC area. It's just not, might not happen. So. And you will be surprised at, and I'm, no, you're actually probably, none of you probably are actually surprised, but listeners, um, I have seen jobs where, they require only one certification, but if you're cleared at like the top secret level, they'll still pay you like six figures right out the gate just for having that clearance. So clearances, especially in this area, are a super, super big deal. 
It's, it's the money maker. It's the golden yeah. ticket. Like this, literally all you need. So you know, if you got a clearance, use it. That's something else too. Like a lot of people, they'll tell me like, "Yeah, I have a clearance, but I'm not using it." You need to use that immediately. <laughs> like, yeah, go get the money. Yeah, they will almost rather you have a clearance with no experience. They, like they'll rather hire someone with just a clearance and train you up to whatever skill set they need. So yeah, clearances are major. But tell me something, because I have a question for you, kind of with mm -hmm. COVID. Because I know for me, my clearance uh, required me to come on site. Has the clearance process slowed to your knowledge because of COVID? Like, I feel like security offices are closed. and Yeah, I can only imagine it, it slowed down because I was in the <laughs> process of getting a clearance right when COVID started. And they were saying, like, so at first, when I first started the process, it was supposed to take six months. Then they started taking, they started saying it might take a year. And I'm like, okay, I know the government. So 12 months really means something like, a year and a half so yeah yeah, yeah. It took me so two everything took you two years yeah. yeah i mean stuff is slow now so people just have to be patient that's another thing as well when you're dealing with the government government contractors um dod jobs anything like that you have to be patient so mm -hmm. it just takes time you get your clearance you're good to go that's it you know it's yeah it just takes a little bit of time Did my computer die yet? No, no, no. I got a question. Uh-huh. <laughs> you good. I, I thought the computer died too. I was like, wait, it got kind of silent here. <laughs> so I'm going to kind of uh, uh, veer out of tech here. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, I always ask people, I like to know, like, kind of see where their head is when it comes to traveling. So, like, traveling-wise, you say you travel a lot. Um, I kind of mm -hmm. heard that earlier. So, Favorite place to travel or favorite destination or some, somewhere that you really, really want to go? Um, my current favorite travel spot is so, I feel bad for saying it, it's kind of basic in comparison to like Maldives or something like that. There's nothing. I love Mexico. I love Mexico. You can send me to Mexico every month. I'll be so happy. But um, so when I go, I stay in the, and I could be pronouncing it wrong, not sure. But I normally stay in the Riviera Maya area. So, um, I've never heard of super that. Super green. Huh? I've never heard of that area. No, it's dope. It's super dope. Um, the landscaping, the trees, it's just, it's beautiful. I never actually stayed in Cancun. So I still fly into Cancun, but I'll always go to, um, Riviera Maya. So that's dope. Like, that's my favorite spot ever. So does is it like a long drive there, or is it like just two hours or an hour? Um, so once you get to the airport, it's probably like thirty to forty five minutes away. But uh, so what I found is with Riviera Maya, um, Cancun they often have like older resorts. Riviera Maya more so has newer developments in terms of resorts and everything. So a little bit more modern. Um, I haven't stayed in a resort from Riviera in Riviera Maya that's older than five years. So a lot of okay. newer properties are there. Yeah. So more modern for folks like us. <laughs> Younger crowd. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that vacation <laughs> spots are whatever you make it. If you like vacationing at a national like park in the forest in the middle of nowhere, that's your vacation spot. And don't be ashamed. Of it. People be like, yeah. oh, you going to Miami? Yes, bitch, I'm going to Miami. They got the good little I love Miami, too. <laughs> it's got a beach. It's crab legs there. The fuck? What you mean am I going to Miami? The hell? <sighs> Right. Honestly, honestly, anywhere with alcohol. But I love Mexico because most of the time it's all you could drink, right? All inclusive or something like that. And I'll just buy my own like real alcohol at the airport and I'm good. 
<laughs> Anywhere with alcohol, I don't care. But whatever don't makes you happy. People like, hate on Miami, but it's like, have you even been? Have you left exactly. your town? Everybody <laughs> so, always go to Miami. Shut up. Yeah, I hate travel <laughs> snobs. It's it's weird. It's just very weird. It's like you know, the world is a big place, and if you Honestly, go to a place you like to go possible. to. Yeah, yeah. And if you really like a area, who cares what they think about? It? Like right now, everybody's like, oh, everybody's going to Tulum. Well, duh, there Mexico is like one of the only places letting us to let right. us leave right. the country. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, they, they're know, letting us in in Mexico. <laughs> I want to say something about that too, because um, I think Bees, you brought it up. I think it was like um, something about, I think in general, when a lot of us start to do one thing, the other side of us to kind of put it down. Can you guys hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we can hear okay. you. I don't know. My screen just did something wonky. Um, give me one second. Why is this doing this? Can you guys see me again? No. No, it's no? great, but it's all good. We can keep okay, on. but what I don't like in, within our community... Um, I don't know if it is because of social media. A lot of us find out about stuff around the same time. So it kind of becomes a trend, right? Every time something becomes a trend, someone has something negative to say about it. And I was saying, um, I think it was someone on the timeline. I think it was UBs. Someone commented, like, how did the Hermes Birkin bag become the baby, the rapper baby mom bag? So does that depreciate the value or does, you know, does that make Tulum less of a trip because everyone's there? Does, is an Hermes, did it, you know, devalue because, more African-Americans or black people are able to buy it. Like, I don't get it. Why are we our worst enemies sometimes? First of all, that right there, you know how they look down on baby mamas as if, you know, the mother of a child is less of a woman. So we can go ahead and put that out there. So they're like, the rapper baby mama bag. They just yeah. mad that she getting a bag that costs more than everything that they're worth. That's, <laughs> right. that's where the, 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 the <laughs> hate comes in because they just be like, ah. She getting a bag. All she did was have a kid. Da, 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 da. And it's like, you don't even know what goes into having a kid in the first place, number one. Number right. two, if you want to spoil her like that, then let him. You just mad because you're not getting spoiled, A. Or B, you can't do no spoiling. So this is true. This is true. But yeah, yeah it's just I, like I, we. Go ahead, Bees. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just find it to be anti-black. That's really all it comes down to is self-hate it is. and it's anti-black. Like as soon as black people start doing something somebody got some shit to say like and it's not even like funny jokes it's literally like oh all y'all niggas going there so like why everybody going like oh yeah everybody they must be giving away free plane tickets to Tulum now like yo you mad that they made it there before you or something like it's not yeah, it is. Deal. Why, why wouldn't you want to be in an environment with other black people like y'all first of all complain about your workspace is so white, like your environment so white, it's toxic mm-hmm. at the workplace. So like, why would you not want to be somewhere where there's hella black people where you can have a good time and not be harassed? Like make it make right. sense. I mean, honestly, to me, it makes like, I've never been to Tulum, uh, Mexico. I've never been there. and like, didn't hear of it until this year. I'm not even gonna lie until like a couple months ago. Everybody's like, we going to Tulum. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm looking at it now like, okay, well, it's black people going and they're coming back safe. Okay, this yeah. is a plus. Now I want to go. Yeah. That's the way I look at it because in certain parts of Mexico, I know they'd be kidnapping black women. So I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I want to go down there. Right. And in certain parts of Mexico, I know it's like beautiful and like uh, a lot of good food. But like, you know, I've never been there and I don't have a tour guide. So when I see a bunch of black people like, yo, we've been to Tulum, 
it's fire. Look at these pictures. I'm like, okay, that makes it a place that I want to go. I don't understand why people want to take it as a bad thing. You know, like black people going out there and getting money. That means there's more black people getting money. That's a good thing. That means you're going to have more black neighbors. (laughs) Come on now. That's what I looked up before I went to Asia. Like, on YouTube, like, black people traveling to Bangkok, <laughs> black people traveling to Vietnam. And I was, like, watching their experiences because, like, I had no, what do you call it? I had no, like, idea what to expect or what it would be like. And, like, you don't realize, probably going to get dragged for this, you don't realize how much propaganda we have and, like, go through in the U.S. until you leave and go to another country and see, like, oh, wait, like, it's not as scary or bad as all as like our media makes it seem right. Mm-hmm. Like an example is like African countries. Like what is, what do we see mm-hmm. when we think of Africa here in our meetings or not our meetings, our media, right? It's dirt, huts, poverty, kids, like, yeah. and then like you meet people from different African countries and they show you pictures or like they show you different things and you're like, wow, like, it's beautiful there in the different countries. It's amazing. Right. So I felt like I didn't, I thought I was pretty open-minded until I actually lived and left the U S for a while and got to see and experience different things. And I was like, wow, I was really ignorant. Still am probably, but like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. And I, I always want to encourage, you know, black folks, to, I got killed for this too. I'm still going to encourage black folks to travel when it's possible out of the states get out the states get out your city get out your state and go see and experience some different shit yeah no i agree yeah i mean you people have to get out and just see the world you have to experience more than what's in the states just because like i don't know i don't know people are weird about that type of stuff just not want to go places because other black people didn't been there like they said the same thing about um where's the place in greece that everybody Santorini. wants to go to. Santorini. Santorini. How are you talking down on Santorini? Like, that place is beautiful. <laughs> like, it's a beautiful country, I guess, is a country or is it a city? I don't know. I've never been. Y'all don't go. I'll take the cheap flight. <laughs> and I'll go have a good ass time and go go lay in that pool at that one hotel that everyone Instagrams and have a good ass time. Like, <laughs> I'll go. I'll be the one to do it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it people, they fun. just want to trip shame. They just want to trip shame. That's all they want to yeah. do. Like, if you go out of town. The biggest problem, though, is. In a nice ass hotel. Go ahead, Jess. I know you about to no, say I was going to say, like, people say stuff like that, and you're nev- you've never been. Like, people exactly. will be like, oh, don't go to Santorini. And it's like, well, have you been? Nah, but I heard, like, this, shut up. Like, you've never even mm-hmm. been to even form, like, an opinion about it. So, like, I think that's the biggest thing. And then, like, you all were saying, like, go where you want to travel, whatever you like, you like, and own that, like, so what, if you like to go to Miami eight times a year, uh, okay, right, that's yeah. your business, <laughs> like, damn, she always oh, in Miami, it's like, as much as I it. want, exactly. I had a good ass time, <laughs> Yeah, I love Miami. I That's care. like one of my favorite places. And then oh, something too, like some people, I remember when I was like, I had posted up something. This was COVID kind of like first hit or maybe it was like a month. And I was just like, yo, like just send me pictures of like your favorite place to travel to. And some people are like, you know, I've never traveled anywhere. I've never left my state, but this is it. I'm like, that's that's traveling. You know, it's like, that's where you've been. That's where you went to like vacation. That's cool. It don't matter if you never left your state. Like that's where you've been, right? Like, so yeah. just embrace it. That You don't mm-hmm. have to meet anybody's standard. I think 
social media is really doing a number on people's um, mental wellness and just like Mm -hmm. mental health in general. Like people just think like, oh, shoot, like this is not Instagram worthy or, you know, nobody's talking about this place or it's not nice enough to post or talk about it. So they feel they feel less because they're going to these type of places. Like be Mm -hmm. proud of where you're going. Like can't nobody tell you anything. It's your life. Who cares? Yeah. Like I find I find new places in my state. (laughs) every other weekend because I'm always hiking and like I love hiking and Georgia has hundreds of thousands of trails and every time I find like a really good one like I'll post it and tell other people about it and and for me it's just fun because I consider that traveling like going to South Georgia going almost to like Florida and going down some hiking trails and looking at the river and going up in the North Georgia mountains almost to North Carolina that's traveling still and to a lot of people that's like oh you're not really doing nothing but it's like to me that's fun that's what I like to do you know what I'm saying I'm not a big person it likes to be on planes for a long time. Like I really do not like being on planes for more than like four or five hours. So if I do have to go to a foreign country, like it's going to be something that I plan out in advance and it's not going to be something that I'm doing like every other month, but something I do every month, I'm going hiking. I'm going to North Georgia mountains. I'm going to the casino, little things like that. I love road trips. You know, that's my thing. And so nobody will ever shame me out of that. I don't give a fuck how much money I get. I'll, I'll rent a whole fucking Bentley and take a road trip. Try me. <laughs> that's just that's just me. I mean, I like road trips, and like from my house to Destin, Florida, white sandy beaches is five hours. That's a perfect little road trip. I oh yeah. That out, and there's plenty of beautiful places you can rent in Destin. And I'm like, I love renting houses. I love going on a VRBO, a vacation rental by owner, and renting like whole houses or renting like a condo. And that's my thing. And a lot of people are like, I like you know fancy hotels and I'm like I have fun in hotels every now and then but I every now and then I like to get an experience of like a house in a like a local town so I can go to like local places and I'm not in like the touristy area so I'm never taking yeah. the same thing I want people to like know whatever you like to do is what you like to do you know I like going to Miami and eating crab legs I can go to my house and eat crab legs but you know what I like doing it in Miami <laughs> it's me. no yeah embrace is, um, what you like that is what, did y'all did y'all watch that new Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma? And it kind of talks about that how like um, social media was basically designed to be like a drug for people, and how it can mess with your mental your mental health, and how a lot of people like that are in like digital marketing or anywhere like in the marketing space where you're where you're like encouraging people to get on whatever platform like. It's people on there that talk because, like, they quit their jobs because they realize, like, a lot of the things that they were doing fucked some kids up, like, their minds up. I mean, children will never, ever have the same, like, body image issues that we had. These children are going to, are royally fucked for the rest of their life. Like, you have little girls that don't know what a realistic woman's body looks like because all they look Mm -hmm. at is Instagram and it's like embedded in their minds that that is what a woman's body is supposed to look like and they're like 13 years old you know going through puberty and they automatically think that you know I'm ugly or I'm undesirable or you know I'm not happy with my body type you know and Mm -hmm. it's it's really really sad to see and even you have like little boys you know that are going through the same like body image issues that they have to have you know big ass shoulders and chest like you're you're a teenager you're not gonna be some super Yeah, men are getting their face done. You have men that are, uh, you know, getting all kind of different plastic surgery and stuff to fit an image that, you know, that women want. And it sucks on both sides, you know, and I feel like social media really did a number on a lot of people. I'm seeing it with Silas. He's not on social media. He has kid access to YouTube. 
And he's mm-hmm. been watching it a lot lately because I've been hella busy and my nanny's not as available anymore. And so YouTube's been babysitting him for a little bit. I'll keep it real, right? <laughs> but I've noticed his like behavior and his attitude and like his level of like aggression change and his patience also, right? And this is just from watching like kids playing video games and like kids shows. There's not much that like on the outside looking in, you know, from when I'm like checking in on him, it doesn't seem like anything that's a big deal. But like I've noticed, my grandmother's noticed, my mom's noticed. So it's like, I'm super eager to get this shit done so that I can take him off of that and just like keep his ass outside off of the tech, off of the screen time. Cause yeah. he's four and I'm already seeing like, yo, you're being an ass <laughs> and for no reason. Like, no, we're not going to have milkshakes for breakfast, dude. That's never been your life. Like the hell. So, you know, it starts like even like younger than that and even off social, just like the internet and screen time period. Like, they, they soak it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these kids are raised by Netflix and YouTube. And we're, we're talking, like, all day from, like, from birth. I've seen kids, like, I've never, when I was a kid, I don't know if you, I've never seen a one-year-old, like, pick up a phone and, like, hit an app. And, like. It's creepy. Swat, and they actually like, know I've how never, to work it. Yo, kids are smart, but kid, no kids should be that damn smart, okay? Your kids should not be able to open up YouTube and go to a video and and know okay i can sit here and watch this for hours on end and i know how i can go to the next video like this like mm-hmm. to me i don't think that's healthy Wipe for up like the a notifications or the yeah, incoming calls i don't think that's healthy for a one-year-old or a two-year-old to know how to do that automatically i just think it's a little bit off and it's starting something starting it's planting a seed from a very early age to rely on that technology for you know entertainment and, and instant everything gratification. instant gratification because an yeah. ipad now the, an ipad is like a standard child to, like toy for a kid at this point right yep. yeah yeah one kid every kid like, got a tablet at least mm-hmm. yeah like with their pink or blue you know animal case on it i'm like that's an ipad for a two-year-old like it's regular now but um i would hold back as much like I'm scaling back on it also because I just see I'm like, this is not the kid I raised, like freaking out like this or saying like little smart ass shit to me. Like, no, you know, so, you know, he may like moving forward, he may get like 30 minutes. And then other than that, like you're in activities, busy doing shit. We're going to break that habit because that's not going to fly with me. That's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's ruining their communication issues too. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to these kids after quarantine if they even go back to school. A lot of them are still at home because like you got to think about it. These kids go to school. Like what's the one reason? Like you go to school to interact with other children outside of your Mm -hmm. household and like socialize and learn social skills and, you know, get an education, but you learn a lot of your social skills there. And a lot of these kids, let's be honest, the parents ain't that great at home. Let's go ahead and be honest. They They don't really do a lot for them at home. So now you got these kids that are not really getting help with homework and their parents are just putting them in front of the computer for most of the day, do their homework. And after that, they're probably watching Netflix and playing video games all day. They're not going outside. I ain't seen a kid outside since like 2015. <laughs> so I you're going to have a bunch of kids. kids outside. They're never, never. outside. They, these kids all- are not going to know how to talk to anybody. They're not going to know how to like talk to adults. They're not going to know like basic social skills. You know, like I was just talking to, uh, I forgot who I was talking to. And I was just saying like, like a little boy is not going to know how to like walk up to a girl and like, you know, try to talk to her. It's going to be awkward. They're going to be behind screens for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Pandemic babies. 
<laughs> but um, without going too deep into conspiracy theories, because I would Ooh, do no, that. I like conspiracy, but let me put my tinfoil oh. hat on. <laughs> this just really seems like one big experiment. Like, um, you know, my condolences to anyone who has passed away or anything traumatic that has happened as a result of COVID, but it definitely feels like some sort of bigger experiment. Like, yeah, um, like how how far can they like push it? You know, how yeah. far can they like force people into doing certain things? Yeah, I yeah. I agree. I agree. And control it and control it because it's even down to um you have to wear a mask when you walk into the restaurant, right? Then when you're sitting down, you can take the mask off. So I'm like, does the mask know that we're eating so COVID is not gonna come over right. here because I'm eating? Right. Like what the hell is if I if I can if I can go in a restaurant with like it like the restaurant thing just kills me. The gym thing kills me. Everything kills me. And um so I am very um just out in the open with everything anyway. So I am one of the surgery folks. I don't know if anyone cares to know, but I talk I do yeah. talk about it on the timeline like whenever it comes up. This is gonna send me to have to need more surgery because I can't go to the gym because they want me to wear a mask to work out. Like it's the mask to work out is hard. The mask to work out is, is very it, hard. It I'm insane. not gonna lie. You can't breathe. It, it's hard. Right. To breathe. Oh, you said surgery. Okay, I I, I get what you're saying. I, I I'm sorry. <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, you a surgeon? I thought you was you was working for Service Now. I'm sorry. I think I was talking you good. To no, but, but um, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like the whole no mask at the gym, but like now you got to wear a mask to walk in the gym. No, no, you, yeah, they're making mom, you wear a mask in the gym. They so are? When the gyms first reopened um, in D.C., you had, again, it was the same thing like with the restaurant. You have to wear the mask to enter. Then when you're working out, you could take the mask off because COVID can detect when you're working out, apparently. The same way it detects when you're eating. And, it, it you know, you can't catch COVID if you're eating. So now they've gotten back to you have to wear the mask the entire time that you work out. So I just I just feel like how far are they going to take it with everyone? I just feel like it's just one big experiment. And then it doesn't make sense. Nothing that they tell us to do makes any sense to me. So that can't be healthy for your lungs to be working yeah. out while blocking your airways, both of your airways. Like, yeah. Like doing hardcore, because my mom, she works out really, really hard. So she's like, well, I'm mm -hmm. trying to do a Stairmaster, but I got to keep my mask on. <laughs> so now she's doing Oof. yoga. But it's look, just that like. Stairmaster with the, with the mask? Oh, yeah. Look, I put mine down a little bit, let my nostrils out. I'm like, look, <laughs> I can't breathe. Shit. But almost like, everybody does it. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, almost it. everybody, when they're doing cardio, they got at least their nose out. It's like, I mean, you really, you can't breathe. Like, it's hard. I seen this one old lady, grandma, shoot, she was about to pass out. Was on a um she was on the bike with the mask on. When as soon as she got up, she started stumbling. I'm like, see? So he's supposed so to pull it down. With that, so if you pass out in the gym, like the gym liable, cause they told you to put that mask on. I bet you they are. I bet you they are. Oh, you think they That's are? Crazy. I think so, because you don't sign a waiver or anything. Like, you know, they, oh, they totally haven't made you, you have sign a new that. waiver for wearing a mask. Like, you know, we have our initial one, but they haven't said anything, no new waiver about, like, you know, we, we waive all liability if something happens with this mask on. They've never done anything. So, yeah, I've I, been I think thinking about be that for a while. Mm -hmm. My gym waiver is all encompassing. Like, if anything happens to you in the gym, oh. we're not liable. And oh, then. Wow. 
you don't have to, you have to have your mask like on you attached and then on over your face when you walk in but if you're actively exercising you can take it off but as soon as you stop there's somebody who's like put your mask back on like this yeah yeah, yeah. About it. like my mom she was saying like um she saw people about to like get in a fight because the guy wanted the, the other guy to put the mask back on it's just it's just very it's extreme Look, if you're going to be like that, you just need to be like Tara and take your ass outside and hike some trails. Because, look, the first three months of COVID, <laughs> nobody was out there hiking the mountains. It was empty. And then everybody just realized, oh, wait, you know, you can still go outside and walk up a mountain yeah. and get the same exercise <laughs> that you would get. You know, like I'd be walking up the mountain and be dying. Come back down, dripping. Yeah, I, I think COVID is tough. I think COVID's tough because a lot of people gain like weight from quarantine. It was like at the beginning, you couldn't go to the gym at all. So then it was mm -hmm. like everybody run out and get these weights and everybody run out, and get all the equipment that you can get for the house. And like some people had like no equipment, nothing to work out with. And it was just like, it was rough. Like it was rough. Yeah. I, you know, I, I can't wait till we get back to normal sometime. In Do you think we're going to get back? You think we're going to get back to a state of normalcy? Hopefully Never. by the end of next year. <laughs> don't oh, say that. Wow. No, yeah, when I, I say know. when I think of normalcy, I think of my life Thanksgiving twenty nineteen, living life, yeah. you know, going to the Falcons game, sitting in a stadium with seventy thousand people. That's what I think normal is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think that will ever happen again, you know, where I'm in a yeah. packed out stadium or walking in a crowd with hundreds of people, tens of thousands of people, you know. Or in a in a bar where it's packed. I mean, people doing that right now, but not Tara I ain't doing that. But I'm just saying, like, there. I, I feel like there's not gonna be ever be a normal. Cause like, when did you ever see anybody in America wearing a face mask? Like, never, not ever, and not even flu season. I ain't never seen not one person wear a face mask ever before. Yeah. Like, that is something that will will never ever go away. Now, even like the people that are super germ for germaphobe, they always gonna wear a mask now. You know, yeah, I don't I think, think so. I don't think so, because I'm telling you, like, Americans, as soon as they say, hey, this vaccine is out, everybody has to get it, you don't need no masks, those masks are going in the trash. Like, they <laughs> ready to take them off. You know, in, like, Florida De and Texas, they already American. having them protests. Like, no. Huh? <laughs> Define Americans, though. What like, what mean? kind of Americans are we talking about? I, I think like, everybody. Uh, like, the, like, the Americans on this podcast, which is <laughs> like, my chance. <laughs> are you talking about them other Americans? Because I'm not, I'm not going to be the first motherfucker in line getting no, you ain't shooting me up with I shit. I know about Tuskegee and all that shit. <laughs> nah, I'm not Honestly, you got to don't force me. You're going to have to shut yeah. me down. I'm going to have to find my ass up. Well, you <laughs> tranquilize me. I ain't doing it. I don't want the vaccine. Me. I don't want the vaccine nope. on after i'm one of the bad COVID people that you know when we get the tragic story on the timeline i feel guilty because i've traveled the entire time during COVID. i still go out like i'm just one of those i don't know and i you know i feel like socks on wood there's no wood in here and i'm in my summer time there should be wood everywhere right but um if i made it this far i'm not getting no vaccine Hey, I don't know. I look at it. It's real, but I'm not fucking with that vaccine. Y'all, y'all got yeah. to I'll just yeah. be scared of the damn virus for the rest of my life, along with the bubonic plague yeah. and the bird flu that just be popping back up every now and then, all the rest of that other shit that be killing people. I'll just add it to the list right next to the police. <laughs> like, oh well. 
So can we conspiracy like very briefly, but not to the point that it shuts down? Girl, go call- ahead. We can talk about 9-11 too. I don't care. Oh no. Look, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's what about happens in my jet fuel. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> No, like, I don't see every Jeff video Epstein. on 9-11. We could talk about that for days. No, I'm not going to do that because I, I would end up creeping myself out. Like, I'll get so deep into conspiracy theories that I can't sleep by myself because oh, I don't I'm think they're trying to Thoroughly. I've been watching <laughs> Criminal Minds, the ID channel. I think every cop is like a serial killer and yeah. or something like that. Look, girl, I'm all the way in. Look, I've been watching Aliens. What's it called? Uh, Ancient Aliens? Mm-mm. Yeah, so I think, you know what, so that's, that's probably one thing people don't know about me, because I don't like to talk about it, because I'm so, like, afraid, but I get deep into conspiracy theories, but with every other, like, what do you even call them? Ebola, the swine flu, all this stuff mm-hmm. normally does not last as long, right? Nope. nope. We had, like, 200,000 people dead in America, and they like, it's going to be yeah. okay, we go back outside. I'm like, I don't know, dog, this is not looking really, shit, this looking kind of, I don't know. <laughs> Pretty, yeah, this is the most um, intense one that we've had. But I don't know. Then I saw another conspiracy like, oh, it's going to go away after the election. Like, this is just leading up to the election. So, you know what? Somebody said it was going to go away after the protest. It was like, watch, everybody outside with these protests and ain't nobody going to get COVID. And then the deaths doubled. Oh, right. Wow, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody talked about that. It was like 100,000 people dead in like June which is crazy. And then it just went to like 200,000 people like yesterday. How many linked to the protests? I don't know. You know, who knows what the actual figure is. I just look at it like, you know, be better safe than sorry. I'm going to stay my black ass over here. If y'all want to be part of the COVID trials, y'all can do that over there. But I'm going to just watch and observe. <laughs> yeah. Have y'all heard how... Know. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead, please. Have y'all heard how like I seen somebody saying like hospital gets paid, they get paid like thirty thousand to report a COVID death. Have y'all seen that? No. I don't know no. if if the I've seen that. I don't know if that number is true, but I mm-hmm. I think that was a part of the CARES Act. Don't quote me on this. I only read like half of it, but it was saying in the CARES Act it would give money to the hospitals that were hit by COVID, and it didn't go too deep into it. But people were trying to think, like people were saying that oh they're getting money for every person that they say died of COVID. Nobody knows that for sure. But yes, these hospitals are getting money as a part of the CARES Act that are hit by COVID. Hit by COVID, I don't know what that means. Is they're getting COVID patients or is this PPE for the doctors, which it really wasn't because the doctors and nurses said they didn't have no PPE. So <laughs> I don't know where that money went, but it said hospitals affected by COVID and they had a budget for it. And so nobody really knows because they just be drawing up these I acts and like- passing our money. My whole strategy is I feel like we're never going to know. We're never going to know the whole truth. And so mm-hmm. I'm just going to do what I need to do to keep myself safe. I'd probably be a little bit more reckless if I didn't have a child. But, like, yeah. you know, he didn't ask to be here. So I have to at least do my due diligence as, like, a parent and make sure mm-hmm. he, I'm doing what I need to do to keep him safe, right? But, like, I have family members who've gotten it and some are fine. And then, you know, like two or three of them have recurring symptoms where they can't like, you know, so I don't want to put them on blast. Cause I told them like, keep your ass inside. <laughs> yeah. But you know, one of them is like using an inhaler and they've never had asthma symptoms before heart palpitations. Like they'll feel fine for two weeks and then like sick as a dog again for like another week, week and a half. 
So like a few of them haven't fully recovered and they got it April, March of this year in September and they're still dealing with it. So like for me, I think something's definitely out there and going on. I don't, I naturally just don't really watch the news or very much TV. And like I mute Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff on Twitter because I get anxious and have panic attacks if I pay attention to too much of the news. But, you know, I think, I don't know. I've, I've been as careful as possible while still like having to do things and get things done also. I'm like, live a little bit of a life, you know? Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like I've been just handling what I need to handle. And, you know, I haven't been going out of my way to go to a house party or going out of my way to go somewhere with a whole bunch of people. But I'm also not just in the house anymore. You know, I I feel like that first couple of weeks, everybody kind of like really stayed in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Stopped working and everything. But after a while, you're like, okay, well, I still have to pay bills. You know, I still have to do this. And there's other people that still rely on me and I can't just sit in the house all day. But, you know, as long as you're not going out of your way, like I don't think going on a vacation to me is not bad because you can go on a vacation and not be near anybody, you know? But for the people that's going to Compound Atlanta, (laughs) other people in the club, (laughs) going out of your way to be at the booty club. I don't know. I mean. (laughs) Are any of you guys back in the office? I've been in the whole time. Well, here. Yeah, here and there. <laughs> Look, I've been at home since March 15th, and tomorrow for the first time I'll be back in the studio, and I don't know what to do with myself. I, I've been in the office the whole time. I'm going to let y'all know. I don't know if I should say this. They, we don't wear masks at work. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, we don't either. <laughs> we don't wear masks at work. And this, we don't either. I'm working right with the military. None of the military, like, they don't wear any mask at all. So it's just like, you know, I mean, I've been fine. Our officers um, here don't wear masks. Our police officers, that I noticed. So, yeah, I mean. It's so wild. That's so, so wild to me because I just had to get a COVID test on Friday and they're talking about I got to get a COVID test like every Friday in order to work. Uh, and we get, I'm just like, oh. But then I go on the stage and, you know, they're going to poke your brain out. <laughs> Remember that one meme? They they will go to your brain and put something right into your brain. Look, they already poked my shit. My eye was watering and everything. I was no, crying. you got a chip in I your was, brain, right? <laughs> look, I'm just, look, I'm just, I just need to go back to work because if I sit in my house and spend any more money, it's gonna be a problem. He's a stunned bot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going back to work. I think I don't know. It's been what seven months, six months. Yeah. What like what a Damn. slow and fast year. Yeah. Yeah. The year's almost over. It's almost I over. Thought, I would like. First of all, I just want to tell COVID and the world that November and December are off limits for any deaths or bad news. That is holiday season. I love holiday season. So nobody pass away. <laughs> Nothing tragic COVID, happened, please. COVID like you thought, bitch. We're going to turn it up. <laughs> Look, every oh, no. month, every month this year has been like more horrible than the last month. I'm not talking about like personally. I'm just talking about like in world news and like who knew it could get any worse than like Kobe passing away in January. You're like, okay, Kobe passed away. And then all this other right? shit just keep happening. You're like, what the fuck? And Kobe like, look, <laughs> I just took the fuck off because I like I saw the shit that was coming. I had to bounce. Took Gigi with me too. Cause like this shit right here, I don't know what the fuck going on. Chad, Chad, I didn't even know Chad was like 40. I thought he was like 30 years old. He turned out he was like 45, got cancer. This whole world is just Was that September when he died? This Chad month? Was like, yeah, that was last yeah, month. Was this no, this month. month. This month. It's not October yet. Yeah. I feel like we're all like, well, I won't speak for everybody. I feel like I've just been navigating through like 
dissociating and like PTSD. And I'm just so numb yeah. to everything. <laughs> I feel like one of these days I'm just going to like break down and freak the fuck out off of everything that's happened this year. Cause like, it's a lot. Yeah. I was in the grocery store and I didn't know that uh, Ruth had passed away. And somebody was like, damn, not Ruth. I was like, oh, damn, shit. I know exactly what the fuck he talking about. I know she died. I know she died. I got in the car. It was like, boom. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Yeah, that, it so much. That okay. I will say with, um, I'm sorry. Am I cutting somebody off? No, you're good. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. So, and I said this on another podcast I was featured on. I think that, um, so when I made my website, I was like going through my breakup. And I thought, it, I don't know. I was just like, oh my God. Because I think I like that person the most ever. So it was just kind of like a lot. So I don't even know if it was the breakup or the fact that you're going through a breakup and you're stuck in the house because of COVID. Like you can't even go out and mingle and whatever. You can't even be toxic and let it out your system. Yeah. It's like, well, how, what the heck do I do? You can't even go out. To, like you can't do anything. Can't go to the bar. Because this is when everything was still super shut down. So I will say... I felt the worst I've ever felt in my life. And it's not even because of, I know it wasn't because of the breakup. It's because of, I think I've like went through like a little mild depression. This year has just been super, super draining. It's been you super, and everybody super yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just very interesting. And I will say working the two jobs with all the meetings, it does take your mind away off of everything that's actually going on because those first few months of like no grocery store, no mall, no outlet, no entertainment. It just was like, oh, just sit there and think about all your issues. <laughs> Not one, but all. So um, No, I feel like everybody kind of went through that because, like, you know, everybody had plans, you know, and when you don't, yeah. when you have a whole bunch of plans and, like, you're on the up and up and coming and shit's about to happen for you and it's like, not you. You didn't stop this shit. Nobody else stopped it for you. It's just something that a force came through and you can't do anything about it, you know? Yeah. I was killing, like, a bottle of Hendrix a week for, like, two, three months. Like, easily. Sometimes yeah. it's just, like, and, like, within a couple days also. And then I thought, I'm like, bitch, you're drinking a lot. Like, you don't drink this much. Like, Yeah, I turned it to a whole wino. <laughs> and the liquor stores were having sales back yeah. then. I, I hey, <laughs> They was enabling all of America at that time because every, I, like, I'm allergic to alcohol and my ass was sipping. Like, I was for real sipping because I was like, what else is there to fucking do? And it's like, this year, I didn't tell anybody this. Like, I was about to buy, like, my dream townhome this year. I've been pre-approved, all that shit. I was going to drop the bread on it. And then they called me back like, nah, we can't, you're not working right now. So, and my job was on hold. So they were like, hey, when you get your job back, we'll redo the pre-approval and you can keep going. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, like I was about to buy my townhouse. I had a 10 month contract to work for HBO. Like I had all this shit going for me. And then it was just like, Hey, we don't know when you're going back to work. And then they said two weeks and then two weeks turned into a month and a month turned into six months, you know? And now we're, we're, we're barely going back to work right now. Like I'm lucky that I got a call. So like, I feel like everybody had a little bit of a depression period where it's like, yeah, shit, it's not going yeah, the way I wanted it to rough. go. Mm-hmm. But we were supposed to go to Miami, Texas, Detroit, Jamaica, DC. Yeah, Jamaica, I was supposed to go to the Olympics, Asia. In Tokyo. I'm still mad about. I'm still mad about my Janae Ayoko concert being canceled. I was supposed to go see the weekend, like. <laughs> and then you think, like, damn, when is when are they ever gonna go back on tour? And you know, it's gonna be 
who knows, you know? So you're just like, damn, it's like I, everybody, if you say you didn't call, catch a little bit of depression, like I know you, I caught a little bit of depression because I couldn't even go yeah. out to eat. <laughs> just like, yeah. you know, I can't go to Outback. I can't even go out to eat. Can't go nowhere. <laughs> I feel like everybody kind of went through that little bit of a phase where like, ah, right, this is something new and I got to adjust to this, this yeah. lifestyle. It's going to be a little bit of a lifestyle change. Like me running back to the car and get my mask. Right. Every day. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Keeping them on your in your bag and shit. Keeping it extra on for Silas. He's used to the damn mask now. He's like, Mom, I need my mask. I'm like, oh shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah, look, this is his reality. Right. Like he's gonna grow up with like this being normal for him for some time. Right? Because he's like young enough. And I'm just like, he's someone tweeted this, I forgot who, but they said like our our kids. Our, our COVID kids pretty much are going to like look back on their life as like this being simpler times. I was like, shit. Wow. <laughs> no, but think about that. Like you got kids that like they're used to being in the house now. Like this is, they're like, wait, what? We got to go to school go anywhere anymore. They don't want to go anywhere. He doesn't want to go to the park. He doesn't want to go like, hang I don't out think my with nephew my leaves his room. Like him and his friends been in that Fortnite party since March, like the same fucking party. <laughs> and the lights don't, his light doesn't turn on. He just like sits on the edge of his bed with the blanket wrapped around him with his headset on playing Fortnite and sending cash app requests for more Fortnite money. Like that, that is his reality. And all his friends that's are crazy. The same. But yeah. you know how many kids, that's how many, there's so many kids like this. And I don't and when they have sleepovers, they just be all bundled up together playing Fortnite. Thing, sleepover. I don't blame the parents also because this homeschool shit is. It sucks. No. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, said that they saw a, a woman, you like, lame. Did you see that tweet? I think you said something about it, Ari. Brittany did. She mentioned, yeah. like, a woman, like, was working, and she works overnight, mm-hmm. so during the day, she sleeps, and I guess her child was, like, during doing v- virtual school, and the mom was, like, in the background sleeping, right? And somebody had something to say about it, and it's just, like, look, everybody's doing the best they can. The very, yeah. And most people aren't like us who like have maybe had like experience. Like I've been working remote for six years now. So I'm used to this. And even this has been a lot for me. Like, you know, I maybe leave the house pre-COVID like once or twice a week, get my nails done and go out to eat. And, you know, that's pretty much it. I'm pretty much home where I take Silas out. But like not being able to leave when I want to or like go travel. Like that was always my break to like hang out with my friends or do business travel not being able to do that and being actually like stuck here, it was a lot, a lot. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. used to being a homebody introvert, not wanting to really be around people. And it was a lot to deal with. Yep. I can feel that. Cause you, when you work a lot, you just have that one little break that you take. And when you can't take that, it's just like the pressure can't be released. You know, that pressure valve cannot be released. Like I go to Pond City market, get something to eat from the little Thai spot, you know, go to the spa when the spa like the spa was closed for like two months like no massages nothing and i know that sounds very obnoxious i know to some no people who are like struggling no no brazilians i couldn't get a brazilian i like, washed myself just, now oh oh hell no <laughs> can't do it and then i went to the and i called up my wax place because they're like still charging me i have like a subscription plan i was like hey can we just roll this over till i come back whenever and they're like, yeah, we just have to let you know, like, your lady's gone and we lost all of our wax people and only one is still here. And I'm like, damn, this is probably oh, going to wow. be it for a lot of places. Like, 
none yeah. of the people that I used to, you know, I'm used to, or, I mean, I, luckily I have my hairstylist like phone number and I get my hair done at the day house, but <laughs> Look, it's, it's going to be a whole new world after COVID, whatever your mm-hmm. city was before COVID, it's not going to be that after COVID unless you're in like, I mean, I can't even say for Atlanta and Florida because even Atlanta, like some of the strip clubs close. So mm-hmm. look, strip clubs DC's that have been open for decades are gone yeah yeah so i just think everybody's city is going to be different after covid so it's just a whole new world we're just gonna have to i guess get used to Mm -hmm. well i'll let you guys finish up privately it's been nice being the fifth goat temporarily (laughs) (laughs) we don't we don't finish up privately are you just in the meeting oh well he's in the meeting these usually ask like one last question and i'm like all right bye Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so I'll, let you me ask one go. last question. Bye. <laughs> right, right. Wait, let me ask one last quick question. Um, so so uh-huh. far, what do you think your biggest accomplishment is? Um, because you ask the most difficult questions. I don't think that I've like I'm proud of myself. Um, I pr- I'm proud of my transition and how quick it was and how I was able to get you know to X amount of salary that. It's satisfying for me and you know whatever but i don't think i've had my biggest accomplishment yet i think it's still coming i'm still waiting for it i think like i'm, I'm happy temporarily but like even career-wise i don't think i've reached my peak or anything yeah i don't know i think it's a i think um for right now i would say my biggest accomplishment is actually it is actually being able to help my family more so um and even like yeah, even like I took like a kind of untraditional approach to my career. Like I don't have my degree and stuff like that. But I think seeing me, you know, figure things out, I think it did motivate my sister who's now in her master's degree program to become, you know, an anesthesiologist and stuff like that. So I think I showed them you can do more because my family is like super, aside from me, aside from me, my, my family, they're like super, I don't want to say straight by the book. I don't think that's a good term, but like, they don't travel, like they don't do anything. They don't. So I think very, I very like, yeah, they're super. Like my mom. So my mom and I, she's coming with me to Miami in October. That's her first time ever getting on a plane. So I think, I think personally, I think I show them like there's a bit more to life. Like I think they're like all happy and fulfilled. But like even like my sister and I went to Mexico for her birthday. I'm not like they're like mom. Like my mom would love this. She's never been out of the country. You know, even when we went to Disney, was it Disney? What's in Florida? Is that Disneyland or Disney World? The Disney that's in Florida. That's Disney World. That's Disney World? Okay. So even when we went to Disney World, we went there by train. So just being able to take my mom on a vacation that, you know, utilizes a plane. I'm sorry, Ari. Like, we're running out of time. No, that was for me to eat. (laughs) I'm (laughs) fasting. Yeah, so um, I guess that's my biggest accomplishment, just being able to show my family that, you know, you can do other things. You don't have to be super, super traditional. You can travel once a month. You can get on a plane. You're not going to die. You're going to come back safely and things like that. So just kind of, um, I don't know, kind of taking charge for my little family, if you will. They're super like, um, just pray about it. Like they're super Christian and just pray, just pray, just pray. So I think I was one of the ones to be like, okay, it's okay to pray, but put action behind your prayers. Like don't ask for more money and you're not doing anything to bring in more money. Like, so just taking that approach. I think that has been my accomplishment so far. 
But Ari, go eat. I need to go eat too. I love that. I love that. Hey, we've you. never had a guest kick us off our own podcast, but there's a first for everyone. Oh, right. so like, all right, we done. <laughs> but it's like in a polite way, right? I'm, good. <laughs> I'm worth 200K. Y'all can't have me for this long. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I enjoyed. No, that's super. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I was going to say just thank you for your time and thank you for being here and doing uh, doing this with us. We super appreciate it. I'm lit. I'm like slurring and fucking up my words. Uh, <laughs> and can you just uh, remind our listeners just one more time, plug, like plug. where can where can they find you, hang out with you, buy your merch, check out your site and your blog, all that good stuff. Book a console. Yes. Of course, of course. So hopefully very soon before October 1st, you guys will be able to purchase merchandise uh, for Black Women in Tech on my website and techshetrust.com. Um, again, thank you guys for having me. Again, my name is Asia. You can also follow me on Twitter, Princess XAP. Um, I do talk about work a lot, but also be prepared for any of my shenanigans and rap lyrics and shooting, whatever else I decide to talk about that day. <laughs> and that's that. Thank you guys again for having me. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Yes, thanks for coming. I'll talk to you guys on Twitter. I'll talk to you guys on Twitter. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.